0: Learn more at marines.com.
1: Welcome to Cast and Crank Podcast. Today we have Cameron McLeod. Cameron McLeod is a commercial fisherman. Uh, he's done a little bit of everything. Uh, super interesting guy. Nice dude. Um, you probably seen him on Instagram do some crazy stuff, and I, I don't feel like that portrays him as a, as a dude you talk to, but you guys can check him out. Go to Cameron McLeod uh, on Instagram. I'm not sure how you spell it, but he says it in the episode. Also, uh, check out Pacific Coast Sport Fishing Show. Now, this was the big news that we were going to announce. Uh, we're doing our 100th episode there. We're going to have a booth. So come down and hang out. We're going to have tons of dudes doing podcasts live there. Uh, we'll have a new hat, shirts, um, old shirt, new shirt. So uh, come down, hang out. It's 14th, 15th, and 16th. I'm not sure on the times. I want to say it's 10 to 5 every day. I'm not positive, but I'll let you know and I'm going to post something up. Please come down, support, support everyone that's there. We're going to be next to G-Fly, Aaron Graham, a guest of the podcast is going to be on the episode. You can hear my kid howling in the background, <laughs> but uh, please come down and hang out. It's going to be a fun time. We're going to celebrate hundred episodes, which is a fucking lot of episodes. Can't believe we've done this much, but we got some good guys coming up. Uh, Bill DePriest will be coming up next week. We got um, Alan Watson. Melissa Perez and Dominique from the Pescador. Uh, Matt Florentino, Randy Spiser We got a lot of dudes coming up. So thanks again for listening. Give us five stars on iTunes, please. All right. Thanks, guys. See you then. Later. Well,
0: in any case, I appreciate it.
1: oh man how's fishing been
0: pretty good this last week thank Was god it? Yeah. yeah um i had uh <laughs> i had my hydraulics go out on one of the trips i just had a oh. bell get loose tensioner wasn't tight and yeah had 300 pounds of live fish on top of the engine room hatch so that wasn't going to happen i wasn't going to get down there and adjust that mid-trip so i got to pull a tub and a half a gear by hand should have been, you know, you know, 20 minutes worth of fishing and turn it into two and a half hours. Pulling it by hand. God bless hydraulics. But holy shit, I don't know how these guys did it without them.
1: That was uh, solo too?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Solo do you, do you usually
1: fish solo then?
0: I do. I mean, occasionally I'll take someone with me if I'm going yeah. far. Yeah. But uh, for the most part, it's, it's a solo act. Yeah. yeah. I had one of the guys at Fish Harbor say to me, he's all, man, you fish a 24-foot boat, all you young dicks. I don't know what the fuck's wrong with you. You fish with a deckhand. The boat's <laughs> only 24 feet long. You know that, I mean, you got to have to pay the guy at the end of the day, and all he's going to do is cut your bait, maybe clean the, uh, clean the boat, and he's going to snivel at you about something. So what the fuck you have them on the boat for? <laughs> <laughs> Did, you know, you've
1: been doing this for a while now too right
0: yeah um i mean i started fishing or working in the fishing industry at 16 my my first job was on the native sun as a deckhand uh jim valdez was running the boat then and i came out fishing with a couple of buddies the deckhands had their hands full and they i gaffed a fish for a buddy of mine had no idea i mean i never touched a gaff before but stuck a barracuda for my friend and jimmy hung us out the window and said hey kid you want a job I said sure so, had you
1: been going? That was the first boat you ever been on?
0: No, not quite so. What? Actually, the first sport boat I ever rode was the Pursuit when I was uh, 14. And uh, I was like, oh my God, look at this. You can, I mean, i have been fishing my entire life, but Western Sierras, drought, fly fishing, um, fishing striped bass up in the Delta uh you know freshwater stuff here and there i never i mean then i kind of discovered like oh my god i live in southern california and you can go fishing on a sport boat like that that's, yeah, that's pretty cool yeah. so the first boat i rode was the pursuit at age 14 and my dad came to pick me up and I, hey dad you know um, there's, there's another boat that's leaving tonight on a twilight trip it's called the monte carlo can i go on that like <laughs> well uh, him oh, him okay fine you know no more boats after this after the twilight you're done yeah you know? yeah like, okay dad fine <laughs> So that was uh, my first uh, little dose as far as sport boats went. And then I'd fish a couple boats here and there. Um, I fished on the Matt Walsh as a kid. I fished, um, well, I, don't, I mean, it was kind of sporadic here, but then I, fished, yeah, I went fishing on the native. That was the first time I'd ever been on the boat. And Jimmy, you know, so I was a kid who was, you know, clueless, but fired up and, you know, asked me if I wanted a job. And that was that. Wow, do you
1: still dabble with freshwater at all? Like all the time, rivers? yeah. yeah. You still go I mean, freshwater fishing?
0: Yeah, I mean it's not so much that you know I'm going to plan an entire trip re- that revolves around it. Now I have certain friends that I'll say, hey, like let's go do this, and all right, like that sounds fun. Like let's go, let's go try and catch one of these or do this, something else that you're more dialed into. I'm not, like, I don't nerd out on it as much. I don't put the focus on it. Like yeah, I, I, yeah, A lot of guys do, but you know when we're up in the Delta duck hunting, then I've definitely got a, a rod in the boat. You know, and go. You know, and you to, just
1: finished the season, right? Is it done now?
0: uh friday friday will be the last day one more time uh probably twice (laughs) (laughs) i'm sick for it man that's what i do yeah yeah. i'm not fishing i'm shooting birds or hunting something you go a lot huh i do that's that's my uh that's my first love
1: and did your girl go with you too yeah she She, hunts too
0: she's just getting into it but dude she's got heart she's got some real heart god bless her i love her um she's uh she you know she rolls with us and she's she can roll with the boys she likes to to roll solo with that with me yeah um or just the two of us i should say Uh but uh she's she's Eager, and we were just talking about this at breakfast. She's like, "Babe, I can't believe I'm just finding out. There's all these places we can go, and all these beautiful things we can go. <laughs> all those beautiful things we can go see. And you know, it's a great way to start the morning. I mean, have a great cup of coffee, and you're up before the sun. You get to watch the sunrise, and you get to shoot birds. Yeah. Plus, she loves watching the dog work and everything else. Yeah. So yeah. I it, bet. Oh man, it's it's good, and I'm, it's
1: fun just being outdoors. It's kind of like a that's part of it too like just being it's the scenery
0: beats the hell out of playing video games
1: <laughs> right that's, and that's what everyone does nowadays I oh, mean, too much of that, that. <laughs> too much of that so uh 16 you got pretty hard into the whole uh being on sport boats a lot
0: i mean i wouldn't say hard it was a summer job you know every I,
1: summer were you doing that then from like 10th grade on
0: yeah through high school i mean whatever okay. it was it's the summer of my sophomore year or junior whatever, whatever whatever age you are there um or whatever grade you're in but uh, no, I, that was my summer job. I worked on the Native Sun, and the second boat that I worked on was that Pacific Adventure. Um, mm-hmm. I worked as a deckhand, bouncing between those two boats. And what then, right after out of high school, I was dead set that I was going to get my license. I was going to be owner operator of a sport boat. That was what I wanted to do. Nobody could stop me. Um, yeah. It was kind of a point of contention with my parents because they wanted me to go to college, and I was like, "No, I'm, I'm going to go be Mister Fishkiller. I'm going to you know, call me <laughs> captain." And They're like, "No, you should really go to school. You can you know go do yeah, this later." Yeah. So we kind of found a middle ground. It was a, uh, it was a, a tough one. I mean, my folks and I were, were at it there for a bit. But I had an apartment before I was out of high school wow. in San Diego. I moved as soon as I graduated. I started working on boats down there. And after that, I got my sea time, got my license, and then came back up to, uh, to Long Beach, where I started running the Pacific Adventure, and simultaneously went to Cal State Long Beach. Wow. Yeah.
1: Uh, when you went down to San Diego, what was your first boat that you jumped on?
0: Okay, so I had fished on the Pacific Voyager as a passenger. I uh-huh. had a couple of regulars from the Native Sun who invited me to go fish on a charter with them. Really liked the operation. Um, Mark Ornos is a hell of an operator, and he, he was the first guy I got on a boat and was like, man, okay, this is dialed. This guy knows his shit. This is next level. Um, he's very intense but the guy is very much a fish killer too and the uh,
1: but don't you think that goes hand in hand i feel like the the intense guys usually will put you on the fish oh do you I
0: mean i yeah I mean, I've,
1: I've, I've my only experience is with uh i've been on a couple sport boats but i caught my first yellow fin with duane this year mm-hmm. and he was like fucking intense no oh, you have, but, but the thing is is he put me on five yellow fin like oh yeah right. you know i'm like fuck and then after he's like hey, sorry, bro, if I was kind of intense. I'm like, your job. I say the same that's thing. That's what you're fucking doing, man. Dude, that's your I, shit. Yeah, you know?
0: I I, I apologize to my clients when I'm running a multi-million dollar yacht for them. Like, hey, sorry, I was screaming and saying bad words there. But, uh, <laughs> you know, they're like, no, 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 that was good. It was, it was authentic. I'm like, well, yes, it is authentic. But, you know, when we have the opportunity, we need to capitalize because it's, right. it's not going to yes. be there all day. Yes. So,
1: And that's how he ran his boat when you got on it?
0: Uh, yeah. He, I mean, he was all over it. And okay. the, the, his crew worked really well together. There was a group of guys that had been there for a long time. But long story short, I was dead set. Okay, I was going to go be, you know, number one deckhand on the Pacific Voyager. Mm-hmm. And I was not ready. Long story short, you know, I was 18 <laughs> years old, bright eyed and bushy tailed. I wanted to work really hard. I had no idea the intensity of, you know, and the work act like I was going to need to actually do it. Um, so last- when,
1: you, when you say you're, you weren't ready, um, what was missing?
0: I I worked on half day boats and three quarter day boats where um, the one, Pacific
1: Voyager is how many days?
0: It's an it's an overnight multi day boat. Okay, I you know, think they run up up to three days or four days. You know now um, when I was doing it, I mean we never did anything longer than a two day. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's one is a different caliber of fishing. You know, when you're fishing offshore and you're up dawn, from you know dawn to dusk and later, um, especially on the overnight boats, I mean, you, you work you know twenty hour the days. It was pretty standard. Um, and then on top of that, it was different caliber. Well, the, the caliber of the operation, but two, the caliber of fishermen. You know, yeah. Um, you see what comes out on a half day, three quarter day boat, especially pre El Nino <laughs> back here. It's like you got guys with their big five catfish specials. And next thing you know, these were charter groups that had been built up over years. I mean, the clientele was was pretty good. And, and so they're, and
1: they're no joke. They kind of know what they're doing. Uh, not, for know, the most part, yeah. yeah. I
0: mean, you still get your ducks, but you know, <laughs> for the most part, yeah, they were shit together and they were intense. Yeah. And I was expected uh, to perform at a certain level, and I had never done that before, so it didn't work. Um, so,
1: I mean, it just—I mean, someone might be listening that wants to be a deckhand, sure. So, I'm kind of like wanted to know what your experience was. Like, you're like, fuck, I, I'm not working hard enough, or am I not moving fast enough? I didn't know all the terminology. Like, what you think lacked that really made you go, what did I fucking do? Just. The intensity, was it kind of like, you know? The
0: intensity, the the speed that you need to move at. You okay. know, you always need to have your head up. If you're working on a boat and you're holding still, you're fucking doing something wrong. Okay. I can't stand it. A lot of the times these days, too, I mean, every now and then I'll go moonlight and run a sport boat as a yeah. relief operator or something. And I look at these kids and I'm like, what in the fuck are you doing? yeah you know, Get do you your think, hands.
1: Do you think that's an age thing, though? Maybe you you did the same thing because you're, what, 18 at the time, 17? Yeah.
0: I mean, it, part think, of it may be an age thing, yeah. but I think more than that, I mean, here's the thing. I mean, you could say it's an age thing, but I, I learned quick. That was a really hard lesson. You know, when Todd Myers walked me down the dock and said, he was the second at the time, he runs the Voyager now, but he said, Cameron, it's not going to work. Sorry. Here's 40 bucks. Bye. I mean, that broke my heart. Oh, it's like getting your fucking dumped by your girlfriend. Exactly. You know, (laughs) but worse. (laughs) At least, job, but your livelihood a- <laughs> exactly so here i was i was dead set i mean you know i never even made it to where i was a full share deckhand on that boat yeah. but i was dead set this is what i was going to do and they said sorry like you're, you're getting in the way more than you're helping and why wow. so it was a tough it was a really tough pill to swallow but I, I learned quick from there you know and within a year there i mean i was able to to get in with the uh the guy i was running i was working for on his six-pack boat put in a good word for me and i was able to go work a relief trip on the royal polaris you know again wasn't quite ready, but I had a whole lot different attitude and a whole different outlook by then. I was able to be head up the entire time. I was, I was hungry the entire time. You know, I was always moving, always saying, okay, you know, what do we need to do? Um, and I learned a lot that way. You know, I was still, you know, low man on the totem pole as far as skill level and experience was concerned, but you know, I tried and it was evident and I learned a lot and I came a long way on that trip.
1: Do you think that, uh, there should be like a certain path when you're kind of trying to be a captain that you should run, you know, because nowadays, uh, Dudes might just buy a Parker and start chartering. After they maybe they've been fishing their whole life. Sure. Maybe they got their captain's license. Mm-hmm. knows? But do you think it's like a, there's a good way to go about it? Maybe work on a, a you know a six pack and work on a you know on a sport boat and then overnight a trip. You think you there's a pa- a better path to go than just jumping into it? You know what I'm saying?
0: I, I wouldn't say that you know, there's necessarily a cut and dry path that should be prescribed, but I yeah. would advise anybody that wants to work in this industry to a you know work for as many people as you can. You know, not to the point where it's like you're, I don't know, just you know, getting fired on purpose to go to the next job. But it, there's a lot to be said for, you know, I've seen th- this kind of operation and I've seen that kind of operation. You know, I, and myself, I've worked for operators where it's like, damn, this guy is shit together. Yeah. You know, there's a reason this guy made it. You know, I can see how this guy hustles. I can see that this guy has the drive. I can see that this guy will stop at nothing. I mean, he doesn't give a fuck and not in the sense of he's indifferent, but in the sense of he d- will not stop in the face of adversity. And then I've worked for other operators where it's like, I'm the captain. I stay in the wheelhouse. Blah, blah, blah. I thought, no, dude, you ain't shit. <laughs> You're lazy. You know? Job, yeah. I mean, essentially in the sense of a sport boat, you know, the captain's job, obviously he's you know, driving the boat, he's in charge, he makes the, the shots. Putting
1: you on the fish, pretty much. Right. right. Yeah. But
0: the other part of that is that, you know, as a from a crew member standpoint, his job is to fill the roles that um either his his crew is too busy and you know it's to plug the holes. It's a manager role. Yes. You know, people get high and mighty where you know, I'm the captain, I get to sit on my ass and never leave the wheelhouse. And that was my mentality when I got my license for a little bit. I had a bit of captainitis, you know. <laughs> I got my hundred ton license, big captain fucking ice. deal. You know, everybody and their mother's got a hundred ton ticket is not that big a thing but um you know what do they say bigger bigger the uh, smaller the ticket bigger the uniform you know (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know captain harbor cruise but um (laughs) you know you need to go at it from the standpoint of yes i run the show but i also need to identify the shortcomings of my crew or when my crew is tied up with another thing and there's a hole over here well then get your ass in there and fill it that's what makes a boat run, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, Mark Hornoz, for example, in the Pacific Voyager, he sure as hell didn't sit in the wheelhouse the entire time. If we were on a stop and it was all hands on deck, you got one guy tagging and dropping fish, you got three guys gaffing, you got another guy in the tank, the cook's out of the out of the, out of the galley, you know, because he's got prep work and stuff to do. Yeah, But bet your ass Mark was on deck, you know, doing his thing. Yeah. That's how it should be. Yeah. That's,
1: that's a cool uh, outlook to have, too, because I don't know any... These are like the probably the first or second guy that i've had that you know has been a captain worked on a lot of sport boats i had a uh, al Grabion. on mm-hmm. i have i mean uh um and you and uh, aaron graham mm-hmm. you know so it's kind of a cool perspective and uh to see how you know you could give someone else because there's a lot of kids that are probably trying to be deckhands now or you know getting it as a pinhead right mm-hmm. yeah so even at my kid's school he's he's a uh, 16 and the kid he plays in drumline with works on uh Clemente is that the Danny point Clemente I believe so yeah he works on that as a pinhead cool and it's like dude it's cool like I'm like I didn't even know that and he's like oh yeah I listen to your podcast too I'm like oh shit
0: I mean it's a great way for a kid to learn a work ethic it's a great way for a kid to learn how to hustle exactly And And,
1: and if they love fishing it's just cool to hear like a path and maybe like um an outlook from a guy like you that isn't very uh you don't you're not social media you're on there but you're not like Look at me, kind of. Thing, no, I'm not trying know? to promote myself. Yeah, you know I mean, know what I'm More saying? than anything,
0: it's for my own entertainment. And yeah. I'm, you know, poking fun at the world. But we'll
1: get to that. We'll get to that <laughs> a little later. Because <laughs> you do have a, a very interesting social media. It's funny.
0: Oh yeah, I'm glad um, you. Glad yeah. you enjoy it. It's there for. <laughs> it's there for entertainment.
1: So, uh, so let's move back. So you're you're a captain now. What boat was your first boat? You, you were captain on. Okay, the
0: first boat I ever ran was the Pacific Adventure. Okay. And uh, that boat was underpowered. It was slightly doomed from the get go. Um, Again, I really had no business driving a sport boat when I started, but Mm -hmm. nobody has any business doing anything when they start a lot of the time. You know, that's how you learn You get thrown to the wolves. Um, And it was another very hard lesson for me when I started running a sport boat. And it's like, oh, I'm back on my home turf. This is where I came up, you know, Long Beach, Pedro, Orange County. Like I grew up fishing on these boats and, you know, rather than getting my, you know, welcome to the fleet, son. It's more like, who the fuck are you? Um, you, do you uh, How many
1: people Were out of that boat How many people Could you fit? Oh
0: god I forget what the. I think the COI Was like 63 people Or something okay. If that But I mean it was uh, it was a steel boat and it was slow and um, you know I you know whatever I did it for a couple of years it was okay. Do you
1: remember your first day where you stressed out like we like fuck? Oh me. yeah,
0: <laughs> oh yeah. I remember my first day we were fishing sand bass in the mud down the line. Really? And, yeah. It was like okay, here we go. Like God, I hope I can, yeah. Okay, we, we made it off the dock. Good. I got to the bait barge. Okay. I hope I don't crash this motherfucker when I get back. You know. I mean, that's where we were. You know. I I, I pulled a couple captain crunches on that boat. But the owner said to me, he said, Hey, I got a wood boat and a steel boat. There's a reason you got the steel one.
1: Yeah. But right i mean yeah you're learning well that's cool of him to give you a chance to do that
0: he did yeah, yeah. absolutely no I, I owe a lot to him too for for giving me a run yeah so we, we did that okay what see so, yeah, we're going to go through the progression of sport boats here um i worked on the pacific adventure i started running a little bit of relief for bruce for doing the sport king and uh what uh, john bats actually well first the Medina and walt for um we're on the monte carlo they left john bats came in i started running a little bit of relief for john bats some okay. of the daytime some twilights or a couple days here and there for bruce on the sport king learned a lot from both those guys those are both solid operators I mean they're they have their own styles. I mean, Bruce, for example, is, is definitely different than most guys. But I'll tell you, Bruce knows that island better than, than anybody, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Um, and uh, what he what he lacks as as far as you know being kind of a kind of goofy, he definitely makes up for it as far as being able to you know be a fishy son of a bitch. Yeah. So that was cool. Um, the Matt Walsh, God, I missed that boat. That was a fish killing son of a bitch. I mean, he, oh God, she was fishy. And uh, anyway, I guess she's doing well as a whale watch boat up the line. But uh, I I missed that boat. I missed that boat a lot. Yeah. A lot of good memories there. Yeah. Even as a kid. Actually, I fished on that boat when Paul Medina and Walt used to run it. And uh, they, were, they were always cool to me, you know. And that's always been the, also another thing, like the mark of an operator who's secure is someone who is, you know, he sees a kid that's eager and enthusiastic. And even though in the back of our minds, we may be going, God, like you have no idea what you're getting into. Like, fuck, stop now. <laughs> it's like, you know, you're still cool with that kid. You know, he's yeah, like, like, yeah. you want to learn something like, hey, check this out. Here, here's the meter. This is this is what sandbass looked like on the meter. You know, like, you see that? that like, that's, that's barracuda on the sonar. You know, stuff like that. Um, so it was, it was, I mean, kind of cool to be on boats that I had fished on as a, as a high schooler and uh, kind of that age and then later to run those boats is in my early 20s that was really That's cool. That's super cool, man. It was way cool. So, what, so, yeah, we did that. I ran the Sea Angler for a season, the last season that Greg Watson owned it. That was mm-hmm. cool. Greg Watson, again, old school guy, been around forever, learned a lot from him, um, both in you know his style of fishing. And it's like, you know, sometimes you look at a guy's GPS and it's like, holy shit, there's a lot of nooks and crannies out there that I don't know about. <laughs> um, so, that was cool. I did, uh, what, I ran Twilight on the Southern Cal for a season, a little bit of relief working the daytime there. And simultaneously, while I was bouncing around on these sport boats, um, I, I worked for Bongo's out of Newport Beach. Okay. six six-pack boat, boat as well i actually worked there for what six years or something like oh, 2009 2010 till about 2015 yeah yeah i started out as a second for them you know whenever they need an overnight trip and then I got to where it was you know like hey we need a guy on the deck here and then oh like hey you want to run the boat sure so i think I, full-time i ran the boat there for maybe four years wow uh, yeah it was it was different you know and I, I i do feel thankful for that that i was able to see like the sport boat side of things you know locally and then you know go down and do some work in san diego see the overnight multi-day long range thing so that then, was like
1: where you learned your six-pack stuff was on the bongos
0: yeah and it was a good segue um you know i i had a good run with run with bongos um but i got to the point where it was time for me to go do something else and i actually had a client of mine from bongos who was a super cool guy he was a regular of ours he'd fish all the time and i you know was on a first name basis with his wife and kids and he said hey i'm you know I'm, I'm buying my own boat. Do you want to come run my boat? I said, well, wh- what do you mean? I can run you. Sure, that sounds great. And then <laughs> lo and behold, oh, hey, freelance yacht captains is a real thing, too. You know, oh, that's yeah. the industry. So that's, you know, that's uh, how I picked that up. And that's been uh, progressing ever since.
1: You did that after the bongos?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I still did a little bit of work for them. And then 2015, I think, was the, the when, I, when I finally stopped working for bongos. And then okay. I went to, the, to commercial fishing and, and freelance yacht work.
1: So when did you, uh, what made you get into commercial fishing then?
0: Um. You know, I wanted to go run my own show, to be completely honest with you. I we had. When I'd you lear-
1: mean own show, you, you almost like. Didn't want to deal with anyone. I uh, just say it like you didn't really want to do the sport, but you rather because it feel like with a commercial, you're kind of either on your own. Oh, you're, you're or, yeah. Or, yeah, you know,
0: especially as an owner operator. I mean, you live and die by your own sword. You know, yeah. you have to be your own boss. You have to kick your own ass. And when you when you see shortcomings in your own operation, it's a hard pill to swallow because that's you you're talking about. <laughs> but you have to be able to talk trash to your own face. You know, hey, yeah, yeah, you missed it today, dude. You <laughs> fucking missed, and you're gonna lose money because of it. So you better get your shit together, and you better be ready to come back twice as hard or three times as hard or whatever the hell it's gonna take. Tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that. But I was I was you know I wanted to go on, out on my own and try that. And the yacht work. I mean, I I'm really grateful for the clients that I have now. I have worked for and still work for some amazing people uh, mm-hmm. running their boats whenever they want to go out with their families. Um, It's it's side work at this point. But there was a time there when, for example, when I was rebuilding my boat. But uh, the yacht work is what floated me. That's what yeah. paid my bills. Yeah.
1: So when you bought, what was it for, you still have the same boat you bought in the beginning?
0: Yeah. So, okay. I, I fish a 24 foot Radon. I keep it uh, in San Pedro. And, uh, anyway, I, I bought that boat up in Ventura and when I bought it, I really did I should have had a surveyor go through the boat and some other <laughs> stuff, but I was just real, real fired up on, you know, getting my own boat. So. I looked at it and I was like, okay, the hull is solid, the power package is solid, it was a Volvo power package, and I thought, okay, this is great, I mean, the rest of the boat is a complete tweaker rig, um, you know, <laughs> the, the, some of the glass is starting to delaminate, and yeah. um, you know, like, I remember looking on the sea trial on the bus bars, and some of the uh, some of the connections were held on with vice grips, and it's like, oh, Jesus, Fuck. yeah, so uh, we, we, I got the boat back down to Long Beach, and we, we rewired it and did some other things, but then I fished it rod and reel for a season. Um, had some difficulties doing the commercial rod and reel thing because so what
1: were you fishing for rod and reel what fish sea bass
0: on? yellows halibut some okay. tuna um but you know i i, I was essentially trying to do a uh, focus on local seafood and sell right ro- ro- line caught zero by catch sustainable blah 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 all those buzzwords um but that who, kind would, of, who would you tell them to i was trying to sell to, re- to local restaurants and i had some success with that it, w- it worked for me for a season i got by but it was incredibly difficult to um you know keep up with with demand when demand was high and because a lot of times when they'd want fish like you know fishing would be good and then fishing would take a nosedive and other times they, you know their demand would change so i'd go to a restaurant and hey you know we, we took 50 pounds last week we'll, you know we'll take 100 pounds next week we sold out okay great cool you know here's 100 pounds oh well uh, yeah we actually we kind of had a tough weekend we're gonna take 15 pounds i'm like why in the fuck would i even get in my truck for 15 pounds you couldn't call me and fuck. tell me this and what do you do with the rest of the fucking fish yeah, you go wholesale it or something for <laughs> pennies on the dollar compared to what you would make Some at the restaurant buddies
1: or something yeah yeah know. or i mean
0: you you, know, you go take like uh you know, the forty thieves in Pedro you know and you get you know dollar fifty a pound for yellowtail or something but Fuck. hey dude you ain't making a living on dollar fifty a pound no, yellowtail right. rod and reel <laughs> I love all the rod and reel hype you know these guys are all commercial rod and reel fishermen I mean there are there are a few and I I mean very 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 specifically a few like you know you can count them on one hand guys who get by doing that and they have very you know high is dollar- there a
1: lot more popular now rod and reel fishing commercial uh,
0: I mean it, there's a lot of hype about it yeah. you know I mean it doesn't take much to be a commercial rod and reel fisherman on paper you can go register your ber- commercial get yourself a commercial license and hms permit if you're going to go fish tuna or something like that but uh, i mean as far as making a living at it give me a fucking break you know there are, yeah I mean,
1: it's hard to to do that right i'm it, sure yeah. yeah
0: i mean i know i tried it and uh, it's it, it would it be possible sure you know yeah. but you better be you better be a goddamn good fisherman and you better have some really high dollar markets yeah but uh, that takes a long that takes a long time to get there
1: so that's what you first started with then the yeah. first year yeah that, all you did
0: that was all i did so okay. then after that i decided i had to make a change um i you know, was doing the yacht work on the side and essentially said, OK, I'm just going to put a little house on my boat because originally there was just a Pacific pilot house, which is like like, like a spray dodger. It's like a phone booth, mm-hmm. you know, you get into it and keep yourself out of the weather. But I was like, all right, I want, you know, I want a V-berth, I want bunks and you know, I want a, ha- a structure, a house, you know, so I can get out of the weather and I want to put hydraulics on the boat so I can start pulling traps and fishing that kind of gear ended up cutting up the deck and the forward uh the forward part of the deck and i looked down and all five forward bulkheads had. De- there was like little five little mini compartments and the, the glass was starting to delaminate and oh the entire forward part of the bu- bu- boat was full of water it's like oh god well, uh, I'm not going to just rebuild these bulkheads. Like, looks like we're starting from square one. So from there, everything came out. We pulled out the fuel tanks. We pulled up all the deck. I mean, we cut the boat down to a bare hole and stringers, did everything but pull the engine, because um, that was that was the one part that I thought was sound. So <laughs> You thought? I thought. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. But basically, I mean, we, so I rebuilt the boat from the ground up. And, yeah. uh, when I say I rebuilt the boat, what I mean is I was essentially in a Tyvek suit with a grinder and sandpaper doing a lot of prep work for Pepe and Ernesto from San Pedro who are (laughs) damn good at what they do. Fiberglass and and, and wood and paint guys. Pepe, yeah. I I tried to call him Pepe. He said, no, it's (laughs) Pepe. Yeah okay got it bud
1: oh, that's funny
0: yeah um but uh dude, we we got it done it took me i don't know eight months or something like that wow and that was another thing too i thought you know originally oh i'm gonna be back in eight eight weeks and i'm gonna get this done for 10 grand like yeah right dude yeah dude. fucking right so anyway
1: <laughs> eight weeks eight months yeah eight, yeah <laughs> no problem um
0: but uh we did that and we built the boat up and now i built it to be a lobster boat um then so i was my plan i was going to come back with a lobster permit and that was going to be that and Anyways, I'm really glad I'm not in the lobster fishery right now. It'll come back, but the, the market for lobster is really in the shitter, and pri- permit prices are still high, um, so I'm glad I did that. But I ended up fishing hagfish. That was my idea, was I was going to transition from hagfish to lobsters.
1: What's uh, what's hagfish?
0: Oh, sorry, slime eels.
1: I, would, I don't even know what the fuck that is. Okay,
0: slime eel. So uh, they are spain, Satan's abyssal spawn that lives on the bottom of the ocean okay. and eats dead and dying matter. Oh. Um, they are uh, they sim- similar to a lamprey, but not quite. They've got a little like scraper-type mouth. And slime meal comes from the fact that they secrete mucus as a defense mechanism. They can secrete, I believe it's up to three times their own body no mass in mucus. Oh, dude, they're, they're so fucking nasty. Um, <laughs> People and- eat these yeah what? it's a it's a, a korean market that they sell them to the guy i was oh, selling really? to had was setting it up for export to korea and it's a live fish market so you bring them in live they take them away live they ship them live all that stuff and i oh, guess wow. the, i mean don't quote me on this i'm sure you can google it but i think the hagfish uh, preparation in korea is like table side and while it's still alive oh, and it's, my an, God, it's supposed sounds to be a,
1: fuck do you try to eat one yet? No, no absolutely not
0: <laughs> no fuck those things um and it's supposed to be a delicacy and an aphrodisiac uh and i <laughs> i can't get behind that either man you know <laughs> I don't know what the thing is with having your seafood look back at you and I don't know what eating weird shit to make your dick (laughs) hard. Yeah, No no necessito, homeboy. (laughs) Oh, boy. But anyways, I fished hagfish for a while and it's nasty hard work and you got to fish a lot of gear. You got to work hard and it's, you know, I was fishing five, six days a week. What they, do
1: you, how do you catch these things?
0: Okay, like, so you like, fish them in, in traps, um, either bucket or barrel type traps. But a bucket tra- type trap is a, is a five-gallon bucket with a weight and a funnel in it. The, the funnel is how uh, do I say, like segmented or partitioned, so they can go in one way and they can't get out the other way. You got a bunch of escape holes. So the what sl- do they
1: eat? Like, what do you put in there?
0: Oh, uh, we'd fish all kinds of stuff, but I mean, we'd fish, oh, like
1: you said, dead fish. So anything like old, yeah. Fucking- so I mean,
0: sardine works, mackerel works, yeah. bonita works, skipjack, broken tuna, like we'd buy from the the fish companies that own the same. And like they'd have <laughs> yeah. a, a load of a tuna that came in and got broken in the net, and they pursed it too hard or something. Um, yeah, and so that would that would you know, they come in as broken bait. They couldn't sell it to yeah. whatever other places they wanted to sell, so they sell it to us for for cheap, and we'd use that as bait. Um, but yeah, any kind of like oily fish is what you'd use. But you, you lay your string of gear on the bottom. You know your string might be anywhere from half to a mile long, depending on. So how-
1: that string goes like you said, a mile or a half mile long, then it drops down, the buckets just keep dropping down?
0: So, yeah, you've got a cinder block on each end okay. as anchors, and you've got tuna clips or long-line clips that you attach the buckets or barrels to the line with, and you let them go over the side like that, and you string them on it at different intervals, um, wow. let them get to the bottom. Then, you, I mean, depending on how you're fishing, you might let them soak for a short time, you might let them soak for a long time.
1: All do you the, go far off the coast to do this, or not really?
0: Uh, I mean, I when I was eel fishing, I never fished farther out than Catalina, you know? But okay. I fished, I don't know, I mean, 30 miles each way of San Pedro. Wow. You know, for sure. Yeah. Um, and it's uh you know, it's it's a stepping stone fishery. It's a really hard way to go as well. Um, and the hardest thing with that, you know, the fishery was okay. Uh, there was a lot of work and a lot of nasty work, which I didn't mind that. I mean, you know, fuck you. So you want to be a fisherman? Well, guess what? You're going to have to deal with bait and fish blood and all that other crap. Um, but the the market was really not that great. The buyer had a monopoly from Morrill Bay to San Diego. And oh, um, shit. I will say as a disclaimer before I say this, they've since been bought out by a larger seafood company and it may be different now. But when I was doing it, the guy was dishonest. He was a cheat. He knew he had us under his thumb and he would try and fuck us any opportunity he got. You know, yeah. we did get a phone call, Oh, hey, two hundred pounds of your fish died at the plant. We're gonna deduct that off your next paycheck. Oh really? Well, bullshit, homie. I will tell you what, you, you don't. You're not gonna buy that 200 pounds? I want it back. Oh, what yeah. do you mean you want it back? I, I mean, if you ain't gonna buy it, it's still mine. So bring yeah. the fucking things back. Oh, uh, well, well, not this time. We'll give you a pass. But next time, next time, if your fish mm. dies in the plant, I'm like, yeah, fuck you. Not playing <laughs> yeah. that game. Or they always, you know, eels too small. Oh, eel's left eye dominant. Ge- eel's gender fluid. I mean, there's, something's always wrong with the eel. You know, <laughs> nothing's ever good enough. It, and you know, they're like, oh, like we, we're gonna we're gonna price it 10 cents a pound less this week. It's like, well, that's my entire margin, dude. Yeah. The fuck do you mean? Yeah. You know, like 10. This, this week, we can't pay this much. So,
1: With Kizik Cans free shoes, Motion sounds something like
0: this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of Motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology,
1: you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com
0: socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to keepitfunohio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I don't know. Or like, uh, you know, go fish. Hey, I'm going to go fishing this day. Does that work for you? Okay, fine. So burn the fuel, buy the bait, go out there a day ahead of time, set your gear, sleep on the boat, wake up the next morning, pull your gear, come in with a load of fish, no pickup today. What do you mean no pickup today? Our plant's full. We have to stop <sighs> production immediately. Okay, so hang on. You were getting to where you were almost full. You know what I? Catch? And you
1: have to keep these live,
0: right? Exactly. Oh, so you're shit. sitting there with a load of live eels, and you know now your buyer's not coming. So now what the fuck do you do? Yeah. Anyway, um, it was. I'm glad I'm out of that fishery. I'm very yeah. glad to be out of it. And who,
1: uh, who showed you the ropes on that?
0: Uh, the guy. Oh, here's a story. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a guy who had a boat down there, um, where I keep my boat now. The guy I worked on sport boats with, guy I had a lot of trust for. Um, he he did show me how to eel fish. I worked on his boat for a short period of time, and uh, anyway, I'll just say that um, he owes me and a lot of other people in LA Harbor and other places up and down the coast a lot of money. Oh man! And, and uh, he's uh, he's you know gallivanting away on his sport boat that goes between San Diego and, and Baja, you know, <laughs> acting like nothing's wrong. But uh, anyways, that's who I learned how to eel fish <laughs> from.
1: So, uh, hi, buddy. I know you're listening. <laughs> um. So you you just were like, hey, um, uh, you at the time that was that was the first fishery you went into. Mm-hmm.
0: I right? mean, aside from after rod and reel, yeah.
1: After rod and reel, so you already had the boat though, too, right? I did. Yeah. I had so the boat. okay.
0: I mean, I had the idea, the ability to pull gear, yeah, you know, the cool. hydraulics that's and cool. pinch puller, and I dab it, and yeah. I was go- was looking at going to lobster fishing after that, and I was talking to some of the lobster guys on the dock, and I'm thinking, man, this is a tough way to go. It's a lot of startup costs, so. Anyway, um, uh, what well, the way the cards fell, I ended up through a friend of mine meeting the guy who is now my buyer, um, and working on his boat at the circle hook out of Newport Beach and getting in with these guys. They they sell fish at the Dory Market um, down there by the pier, and I ended up being their deckhand, longline fishing, learned the ropes oh, from wow. them. And uh, my buyer and his dad, his dad is a salty character who is <laughs> hey hey, you want to talk about a no bullshit, no like no frills yeah. fisherman. This guy used to go launch a 20-foot wooden dory through the surf next to Newport pier. And he went fishing with a compass, a fathometer, and a cigarette. Okay? Wow. No hydraulics. Pulled gear by hand. I mean, <laughs> you want to talk about gnarly, you want to talk about salty, yeah. this motherfucker has done it.
1: That's so, crazy.
0: Yeah, and he's in his he's in his sixties now. Um, I learned a lot from him. He's he's a good good man, good fisherman. So that's
1: so. when you you stopped with the uh hagfish, is that's what they're called? Right? No,
0: I was still eel fishing it's at the same time. Okay. But you know, that was the thing when my buyer would fuck me. I still had two trips a week with these guys, but yeah. I could at least, you know, if I do that, you know, six days a month or something, I could at least pay my house payment and um, you know, pay some bills and stuff like that and then yeah. still do the eel thing on the side. But anyway. Push came to shove, they came to where they sold one boat, they still had the other boat, they had a permit, so I ended up leasing their boat, or excuse me, leasing their permit, um... The is permit. it
1: hard to get a permit?
0: They're they're hard to come by. I mean, it's a limited entry fixed gear permit, so they don't just okay. hand them out. They're not making any new ones. I mean, yeah. it's a it's a set number of permits on the West Coast, and sometimes they they get bought up and they disappear because you want to. The the permits are regulated by vessel length. Okay. So, for example, my permit is a 25 foot permit. My permit's a 24 foot boat, so it yeah, fits. yeah. But let's say like okay, like you want to build a bigger boat, so you have a 25 foot permit and then you have a 17 foot permit, and you want to build a 31 footer. So you can buy two permits, and they'll give you half the length of the smaller permit to put on a bigger boat.
1: Uh-huh. You know so the yeah. permits
0: are they are becoming more and more scarce they are yeah. they are pricey um you know i'd love to have a permit one day but one thing at a time do you mind
1: now. me asking how much a permit costs?
0: depends you- on the length but i mean they're they're 90 to 150 grand oh fuck man. yeah that's so, crazy yeah they're not cheap you know but <laughs> yeah. none of the stuff in commercial fishing or in related to boats is so that was uh that's how we went that route but now i'm longline fishing on my boat it's a much more stable market um uh, i enjoy the fishing um you know we we fish for all kinds of stuff. I've got quotas for black cod. I've got quotas for thorny heads. I've got quotas for, uh, what minor slope rockfish. So that's like black gale rockfish. Um, you know, you know, square spot, stuff like that. And then we've got, um, minor shelf rockfish or like reds, bricaccio, that kind of yeah. stuff. So, fish how, a little bit of everything that's
1: cool how long do you let those lines stay out for like when you go fish
0: it all depends on what you're targeting and really? how deep and i mean like you know i, I might let it, if, if there's a day where the, the current isn't as strong um you know and I, I and it's a shallower spot i might give it a shorter soak or if i'm worried about structure and the gear snagging then I'll, I'll give it a short soak or if it's like oh i'm you know fishing really deep and i know this gear is gonna get a walk a mile yeah. between the time that i set it and the time that i pull it then you know I, I might let the gear soak for half a day all depends though you know
1: you ever lost a line oh yeah that's, yeah.
0: that's a part of the deal, man. Yeah. E- eel fishing, long line fishing. I mean, so how
1: much would like one line cost with all the gear on it? Uh, it you?
0: depends how many tubs you put on it. But I mean, our gear like is... Like a
1: basic a basic one
0: um you know 1200 bucks 1600 bucks
1: Fuck, can you lose that whole thing
0: uh, not the whole thing but i mean you'll move lose parts of it you know fuck yeah <laughs> that's commercial fishing that's living the dream you know like you know you load up on one string and it's like sweet we made money and it's like oh god i just lost 1200 bucks on this on this one like uh it doesn't happen all the time no no you know you learn how to set you learn how to avoid that you learn how to pull you know yeah. not you know how to minimize your losses but i mean hey shit happens you know
1: you ever have someone take your line
0: uh not in this fishery because I mean, generally I'm, I'm you know close enough to the gear that I, I'm, I'm around it. I'm just day fishing, but eel fishing I've had uh, I've had been suspicious that you know perhaps one of my buoys or let's just say I've snagged a string up off the bottom and then it's come back where the buoy is supposed to be attached and it's a clean cut. You know, oh. so that's that's not a thing the eel thing. You know, that's got
1: to happen in, in the lobster. Oh, I'm all sure the time. People steal stuff all the time. Oh like, yeah. yeah. Well, I
0: mean, you know, the thing is, the lobster fishing, I mean, Yeah, you've got some some commercial fishermen that'll go out there and work your gear for you. Um, I mean, I don't know this. I've never fished lobster myself, but from what I've gathered, I've talking to other people, you know, that's somewhat of a problem. But the biggest problem with that is you get guys on the coast who, you know, sport divers will come pull, you know, pick traps. And again, not all sport divers do that, but there's plenty of shitbags bags who do.
1: Fucking Woody, where are you at right now? Ah,
0: oh, Woody. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I love, love Woody. You. Yeah, I love you. That's man.
1: why I said Woody because yeah. I love Woody. Man. No, He's man, Woody great. ain't like that. Woody's no, my boy. No.
0: <laughs> Of good people right there. Uh, yeah. But um yeah, but I mean, you know, you fish the horseshoe, for example, or you fish close to the shipping lanes in the lobster gear. I mean your lot your gear is gonna get chopped up, you know? Yeah. But I mean you 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 know there's structure there. You know, there's a <laughs> lobster somewhere out there, so you set a trap and it gets chopped up. But I mean again, nature of the beast. It, it, there's, there's more than just fishing that goes on the on the ocean. There's a whole bunch of business that goes on in the ocean. You know, yeah, you're definitely right. not the most important guy, <laughs> especially when you're bobbing around in your twenty four foot boat. <laughs> oh,
1: fuck. So now you're doing Pretty much just the uh, long line, right? Yes. That's all you're doing. And then the freelance captain, still, right? Exactly. So, I mean,
0: I've been fortunate enough with the long line fishing um, that that is my my mainstay. And uh, I've been, I'm happy doing that. And there's room for growth there. And I'm, I'm, how do I say this? Cautiously optimistic, um, looking to go forward with that in the future. And I still have a handful of yacht clients on the side. I've been fortunate enough that I've been able to weed them out to people that I really like. I, I mean, if, if I if I don't already know you, or if I don't really like you, and you know, you don't take care of me, I'm not running your boat simple yeah, as that but yeah. the people that i work for now they are good people um they are you know they, they want to go their, their time is valuable and they want to go out and have a good time with their family and I, a lot of them you know it's more than just driving the boat you know it's more than just catching fish i mean you yeah. know, drive the boat catch fish hey there's, there's there's an entire industry built around that there's plenty of guys who can be a yacht operator and you know to show you a good time put you on some fish but more than the other side of that i mean what i do i would say is that you know get to know someone's family and work with their kids and you know be polite to their wife and not be the big bad salty fish killer who's too cool to say hello how are you you know, know um, which
1: i'm sure happens
0: right i mean oh like, yeah dude I, the egos man fucking <laughs> fucking lose me with that shit you know egos are are all too all too prevalent and you know well so, since
1: we're talking about egos um
0: let's go let's talk about
1: uh <laughs> let's talk about something that you, funny you do uh you do some funny songs and you also mm-hmm. uh you had uh, some underwear with a man's face on it.
0: Well, no, hang on. Let's <laughs> let's back this up a little bit. Yeah, you're right. But uh, I was gifted a pair of uh, a pair of man panties. Who gave those to you? That was anti fishing fishing club. The man, the met the legend. Oh, I don't know. The man might be a woman. I know. I, no. I I they gave me some stuff. There you go.
1: And uh, I messaged back, and they're like, "How do you know I'm a he?"
0: <laughs> exactly, that so makes I, me laugh. I have no yeah. idea what Anti Fishing Fishing Club is. I ever, I mean, I'm sure you're listening, Anti Fishing Fishing Club. Yeah. You, she, it, zer, whatever the hell you are, but uh, yeah, you're brilliant, and you must hate your money because you give a lot of really cool shit away. Yeah, to us.
1: no, dude, they gave us all kinds of cool shit: hat, beanie, all there kinds go. of
0: koozies. I love it. So, yeah. yeah, well, I, I was gifted a pair of magical man panties <laughs> by Anti Fishing Fishing Club with uh the one and only Billy Kellerman's face on them. Billy Kellerman yeah. is not my favorite guy on this ocean, Um but. Uh, Uh, Yeah, they, you know, they gave it, they they dubbed it the mankini. I like man panties. But anyway, I I did take a picture of Billy Kellerman's face on my junk on this mankini holding a couple of fish, you know. (laughs) I thought,
1: I mean, I thought it was funny. I think we talked about it on Billy's episode, and he, he, I don't even think he was like, he's like, ah, it's funny, you know, like it was no big deal. Billy, I mean, he, some, I mean, the whole thing with the, uh, the t- his trailer getting fucked up that's kind of shitty you know i, I mean yeah that's i would never i would never take it anything that far but i think everything that you do and that uh anti-fishing fishing club there it's all fun it's all it, just busting balls yeah dude.
0: it is busting balls and yeah. i mean like okay that, like let's talk about that for a second yeah so the whole billy kellerman thing you know i am sport fishing and you can't too.com pay this thing this subscriber fee and you can you can do all this shit mm-hmm. um okay one I've known a Billy Kellerman since before. I mean, I didn't know him as Billy Kellerman, you know, but before, when, when I first heard of him, he was that idiot who owned that boat, the Spectra. No, at, that's what uh, I was going to
1: say you knew him then when he bought. The I, knew, Spectra. I knew who he was. You know, okay, I knew yeah. he had
0: this tweaker guy running his boat, and it was just like this <laughs> fucked up operation. And then, I mean, when you invited me to come on here, I went back and listened to his episode. Um, yeah, but I mean, like the guy couldn't calculate his fucking fuel burn and figure out his, his, his what to charge for a charter on his boat. Like, are you kidding me? Like, how stupid are you? <laughs> You know, like, I, sorry, but you failed on that one miserably. Like, what, what do you mean you couldn't go out with a full tank of fuel and then come yeah. back and see what your burn was, stick the tank when you got back? And like, oh my God. I, I heard that. I was like, duh. <laughs> it's yeah. like, every, every guy in the world has to be, you know their fuel burn and base their shops, trips off that. So, I mean, you know, like, the guy's been around a little bit, whatever. He fished on some sport boats. Okay, great. You know, everybody, every swinging dick on the coast has fished on a sport boat. Um, The thing that did get me is he mentioned a couple of captains and other guys. that He's like, oh, yeah, like, these guys I learned from, they've been good. It's like, dude, you have poached those guys. You have been, you've operated in good faith with those guys in the past. They've given you numbers. They've given you bait. And then you turned around and blew their stuff up on the internet. Like, that was was a cocksucker move. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. You know? And, uh, you know, while... So the
1: thing that bugs you the most is, like... Him taking people's numbers and blowing them up on, on his site.
0: My issue so, with Billy okay. is the man operates without integrity as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Okay. Um, and he claims to be this hobbyist, whatever, you know, he's a th- super enthusiastic guy. I'm like, no dude, like you're obviously operating at some sort of professional level here. You're taking people's money for a service. So, mm-hmm. so lose me with that hobbyist shit too. So but, the
1: the thing with the service, I, after coming from the outside, looking in, sure. Uh, if someone wants to pay for a a, a, a website or something, mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. Like, let him. If um, I mean, uh, plenty of other fishermen do the same shit, I have patreons or whatever. So, like, does it really matter that much? I mean, I get what you're saying. where blowing out someone else's numbers. That's not cool. It's like, not, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But if he wants to have a site, and you got, uh, let's say, whoever so and so wants to go on there and find numbers, like. Look, it. Who cares? Well, I mean, but it, uh, but uh, this is my point of view fair, from the outside
0: looking in. Fair. And like I said, my issue with the, with the man is that he operates that integrity. I did not say he sucks at fishing. I mm-hmm. did not say he isn't a good businessman. Yeah. You know? The guy makes money. Don't get me wrong. However, yeah. I'm telling you right now, what Billy Kellerman does makes it a hell of a lot harder for an entire working class of people to get up in the morning and go do what we've been doing. I mean, I, I have been there. I have been to a place where it's like... We've had two, three boats in an area working together tightly, you know, guys that I'm tight with that I work together with when we're fishing, be it on yachts or be it, you know, commercial fishing, you know, we're fishing tuna for the little snippets that we do that or I do that on my boat. And, you know, next thing you know, here comes the red hat, you know, and, that, and I, next the day after that, here's 24 fucking boats on the word spot. where really, we were making it's a that lit- bad, huh? It is that bad. You know, you know it, does,
1: does Fish Dope do the same thing?
0: Oh, it's the same shit. Fish Dope, Billy Kay, I mean, anybody who publishes numbers. And, it, you know, like I said, it's just, it lacks integrity and it's petty. You know, and it's, it's, it's bigger than just fishing, man. This is what's wrong with it, with everything today. Everybody wants everything they want it delivered to their door yesterday and they want it for free, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's like. You can go do this, but I mean the thing is, when you when you sit around and you buy numbers, there's a lot better way to go to learn how to fish. I mean, you know, you don't know how to read condition. You know, you don't know how to look at these turns and say, oh, are they are they, are they just chasing each other around a little bit, are they are those birds actually really picking? You know, I mean, is that is that an entire group of turns that's moving, or is that you know just is that one bird really looking hard and wow, that might be you know tonnage of fish under there? But you know you know you learn how to you don't learn how to look at that stuff. You know you don't actually learn how to immerse yourself in an environment observe yes. the conditions that are present and learn how to react accordingly you know and I'm sure but what I mean, if you're
1: like a dude that just bought like a boat and i'm again i'm being devil's advocate with like this i have fair. no i'm a switzerland like i always i'm gonna roast you bro
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'm going what if what if you are a guy like you know uh that that just loved fishing has been on sport boats and said i'm gonna buy one you know i'm gonna buy parker because everyone that, that seems like a popular boat to mm-hmm. buy uh and they're like, where can I go to find something? And they go, oh, I found Billy's site. There's some numbers on there. Um, let me try him out. Okay. Now yeah. maybe that maybe that teaches him something in the beginning, and then you know he can learn from there. Do you think that seems like a fair, you know? I mean, it's thing one of those do? things where I
0: mean, it's been promoted as a way to go. Yeah. I mean, it's it's an option. But yeah. if I'm being perfectly honest, there's a hell of a lot better way to learn. You know, it takes longer. You know, but I mean, instead of, you know, buying the numbers and plugging it in and this whole plug and play like, oh, like for this monthly fee, you can go catch super cows, you know, like, no, no dude, like, why don't you learn how to, how to find fish? Why don't you learn how to look at a teraphin and go, hmm, mm-hmm. like the chlorophyll and the water temperature looks like it lines up right there. And if it's not right there, right there, right there. And I've been looking at this for the past two, three days, and I think it's going this direction, you know, like actually learn the behavior of these fish actually learn the bio- biology of it you know and learn like when you're looking at that like oh like those fish are, are just sunning like shit like those other things ain't gonna bite you know or it's mm-hmm. like oh my god those things are keyed on anchovy but i mean they still might not eat my baby because they're keyed on stuff that's the size of your pinky yeah you know i mean l- learn how to, how to actually understand what what is out there you know and how to do it on your own and mm-hmm. you know if so if people are like well how do i do that nobody's friendly to me well okay i'm here to tell you every guy <laughs> on the coast who's a sport fisherman every, or you know tr- uh, a boat operator all that other stuff Everyone learned from somebody. Yes. Okay. And so we, the only thing too is that, you know, nobody's willing to help you out. Bullshit. Somebody who's out, everybody who's out here got helped out by somebody at some point in time. Yes. Did they have to put in some time? Did they have to earn some people's trust? Did they have to go do some bitch work and scrub somebody's boat or something like that? Yeah. Okay. But that's how this works. You know, fishing is not something that's been handed down, you know, just w- w- without any work put into it. You know, it's a trade that's been around since before biblical times. You know, being a fisherman doesn't fucking make you special, but like there, there is a, uh, what did I say this? Like I write a passage in this you know I and, agree, so, yeah, and so and yeah. so when you, you try and jump that i mean it, really it's like you, you can tell the guys who are out there these days you know parkers fucking parkers god i mean <laughs> don't get me wrong i mean there's guys <laughs> i respect you fish parkers and they run good operations yeah. but yeah uh, uh, there's a lot better boat out there for a lot less money so anyway the parker thing is uh, out of control but you know like you can tell and these guys don't know shit because like you watch guys it's like oh like you know the numbers are over here and it's like these guys will go br- driving right over breezers of fish it's like fuck are you blind are you stupid or both yeah. like dude like you You had it right there. You know, or it's like you, you'll, you know, uh, the whole bluefin thing. Like, you know, you're putting your kite out on a spot of fish or a meter mark or, you know, whatever the hell you had. And here comes some guy, meow, or some <laughs> guy comes, you know, uh, you, you stop the boat, you know, like, yeah, to, to do something where it's not related to fishing. Like, oh, I got to pop down and look at the la- lazarette real quick. I got this, you know, I got to see if uh, this bill just pumping or whatever. You know, the next thing you know, is like, some guy's stopping right next to you, putting his kite up. It's like, fuck, dude. Like, I, I wasn't fishing. Like, I just stopped the boat because I had to stop the boat. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. That's the kind of shit that that breeds, you know, when you get the whole, it's like a get rich quick thing. And then there's always going to be some guy with his numbers and his website and you know follow my formula drink my fucking protein shake i mean whatever it is you know but th- that isn't the way you do it that isn't the way you actually learn and become successful and that isn't the way that you you know you actually like like uh, what is it get to get to it to be able to do it within your own right yes you know so yeah i'm sure there's plenty of guys that got lucky off billy's numbers you know where a spot of fish stayed in an area for a couple of days and yeah they, they went out and they were able to catch one and you know here's yeah, my philly philly super cow that i got with billy cave signature flying fish okay yeah great but uh, you know like you're, you're not a fisherman you know, you're, you're some other sheep that went and followed the pack and got lucky. Yeah. But
1: what if you you get lucky? So, like, I get exactly what you're saying. Like, mm-hmm. to, to um, like when I go, cal- I love calico fishing. I love spotted bay bass fishing. Sure. So, I learn as I go, I try different stuff. But, yeah, I have friends that kind of push me in the right direction, too. Right. And it's not a pay site. But, like, maybe some of these dudes, uh, I get what you're saying, 100%. But, I mean... There's gotta be some of these people that just get on there and buy the numbers and then learn and maybe go, Hey, you know, I learned something and I'm gonna move on. Right. Okay, perhaps. Yeah, I mean yeah. if you know if you graduate <laughs> from that, if you decide
0: that you want to go to the next yeah. level, my hat is off to you. Really, but you
1: have a good you have a good point where like you could also go a diff well, I, I hate fucking saying this. I'd say it probably every other episode. Instagram is a big influence.
0: Dude, people so. give shit away on Instagram all the fucking time. <laughs> and by the way, it's a really good tool for sending people in the other direction.
1: Okay? <laughs> and I, I I, see, you know, everything's instant. instant you know, like everything's mm-hmm. instant. So I get where you're saying maybe it's missing a little bit of hard work putting in time on the water, right? Oh, exactly. Yeah. You know, people okay. see
0: a picture with, you know, and it's like, Think like you have a day where it's like, you know, we got one fish over two hundred. Like like we got one eighty pounder today. And like it was a really tough day fishing. Like, oh, so and so we got a three hundred pound. It's like, you don't see the work that went up to that. You don't see the time that you spent if that
1: happened that day, huh?
0: <laughs> Which day? If,
1: if that like say it was
0: the fish they put up Oh, a, sure, yeah. It yeah, might some... have
1: happened a week ago or who fucking knows. Yeah, you know, or somebody's <laughs> were
0: bigger or whatever. Well, you know, but Instagram never shows you. The time that you have to take away from home, you know, the time you spent glassing, the fuel you burned, the money that you spent to go do it, you know, um, and that's, that's what's missing from all that. But anyway, I digress.
1: <laughs> and then, uh, so, so, uh, what's the next after this? I mean, you keep moving forward with, uh, the commercial, what would the next commercial thing be?
0: Uh, I would definitely like to own a permit. Um, you know, permits are, are hard assets, so I'd like to, to do that, um, I'd like to get a bigger boat, a little more stout boat, for Mm -hmm. sure. That, again, will require a bigger permit. But for right now, um, I'm going to stay this course and see where I can step up, you know, a little bit at a time from here. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It might be a new fishery. It might be a bigger boat. It might be both. Yeah, yeah, So, I mean, if you can diversify, I mean, any industry, I don't care if it's fishing or something else, you know, being able to diversify, diversify and annuitizing yourself, you yeah. know, that's, that, those are your multipliers. So yeah, that's, that's that, what, what I'm aiming for here.
1: <laughs> that's super cool, man. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. This is a really fun one. Thanks, Nick. I appreciate you, you having me. And you uh, me. gave me a lot of information that I'm a super noob to uh, any kind of uh, offshore, you know, even sport boats. I've only been on like five or six, you know, and uh, it's cool to hear someone else's point of view. And uh, I think people maybe you, you yourself on Instagram sometimes you you look like a different guy than you are in person. Oh, you know?
0: totally. Well, dude, it, it's the internet.
1: You know what yeah. I'm saying?
0: I, I, I absolutely know. And, and I, maybe
1: maybe people like you know might piece, piss some dudes off, but you're fucking around.
0: Well, yeah, I'm fucking around. Yeah, but I mean, what I'm hey, saying, I tell you what. Okay, I talk a lot of shit on <laughs> Billy K. You know, I make a lot of jabs at other guys. You know, yeah, yeah. and. It's either because you posted something completely fucking ridiculous, probably to the point that it was stupid, you know. And I, I'm not exaggerating when I say this. A lot of these times, when these roasts come out, it's because guys send these stuff. It's like, can you believe this shit? And I'm like, oh god, you know. Well, I got three hours of you know talking. To either are sitting there trying to have a conversation with Black Cod and Thorny Heads, or on the way back to the dock, or I can sit here and type on the, about, about this and you know make myself laugh. So that's where that comes at. But I mean, you know, if anybody wants to walk up to me and into my face and talk man to man, I'm fine to shake your hand and tell you exactly what I got an issue with too. Yeah, yeah. You know. And by the way, if it comes to the point where I realize I have a change of heart, and maybe something I said a while ago wasn't correct. I'm not above owning that. Yeah, you know, 100. percent So that's that. And by the way, yeah, Instagram is the internet. It ain't fucking real. Yeah. When people take this thing as it's like you know it's it's a, it's a definition of your of yourself. It's not. You know, it's a bunch of bullshit. You know, I mean, <laughs> likes and followers and oh, I got sponsors and subscribers and whatever. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. I got I got a girlfriend and a dog. I'd rather spend time with. You there know. There you go.
1: <laughs> Well, thanks again for coming on. Uh, check out Cameron's Instagram. He does have some funny songs. and Cool. Uh, hunting. A lot of hunting stuff. So, Oh, yeah. Yeah. done yeah. for
0: the faint of heart. Um, the name is MacLeod, McLeod. M-C-L-E-O-D. The, uh, the name is McLeod, all one word. And that's how you say my last name for the record. Ding-dongs. You know? <laughs> well, thanks again, Jay. I appreciate you coming on. My pleasure, Nick. Thank you.